0: On a path to prairie doc radio we're here we're on the air as most of you know and uh we're i think what we'll do i think everyone knows who we are it's dr home who is our prairie doc i'm joan hogan and we're ready to answer your questions of a medical nature tomorrow night on dr holmes uh, tv on call will not exist because of football playoffs. Talking about football. So this program is really open to you. Why don't you give us a call? you have any questions of a medical nature, give us a call at 692-1430. Yeah, I I would really
1: ask for your calls. Let's, Let's answer your questions. Questions about anything today. Uh, we will be producing a show tomorrow night with... Uh, but we
0: won't see it. No. It's okay. going to be
1: recorded and saved for January the 5th, I think, something like that. But um, uh, this is uh, an opportunity to ask some questions, and we'd really like to. And I, I just wanted to finish my comment about going to here in college. If I had done that, i just keep thinking to myself... This tiny little aggressive guy running into those big college kids—I wouldn't have had a brain left. I mean, I just—I, you know, you worry so much about uh, uh, your kids, in particular. And
0: you would have kept playing that way too. Oh, you would have been just as aggressive with your head first
1: in in high school. You broke
0: a helmet. Oh, Uh, I'm glad your parents were there to see that. That was a
1: badge of strength and guts. Then that was important for our team when when I broke that helmet on the Lake Preston football field in Lake Preston. The field yeah. of honor. Yes, that was Playing it. Playing against the Divers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Lake Preston Divers. Okay, the Bulldogs probably won that day, huh? Uh we did, of course. Yeah, we of did. course you did. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. Again, our number is 692-1430. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. We're happy to have you listening today. Uh, Dr. Holmes is here in the studio, ready to answer your questions. Haven't had any come in yet, and I thought I had something printed out in case we need to discuss a topic. This topic might have been more uh, helpful to people last night as they watched the returns come in, but I think even today it could be helpful. Shouldn't people know the warning signs of stroke?
1: Uh, I think that's an important one and uh, one of the uh, essays I've recently written had to do with a person who had a stroke uh, because one of the shows we're doing coming up is about end-of-life care and um, the end-of-life care question is a guy comes into the emergency room he had a, a stroke six hours earlier and came in six hours uh, at six hours there's nothing we could do he was basically a, a, coming into at the point of coma Uh, At that point, and he subsequently died. Uh, The question is, you know, how much do you do? Feeding tubes, IV fluids. You know, what? When do you? How do you move it? And you'll see that essay come up in the newspapers in the next month, within the next couple weeks or month or two months. Anyway, the you got to come in early Uh, is my take home. I mean, the point is that we have an intervention in some cases. And, and it's, got, it's earlier in the better. than better. Some cases. So you have what happens is, if there's a new stroke, there is enough of a of a deficit, and you see it happening, and it's within the first three hours, you can uh, and you can get the clot buster medicine in within the first three hours, and it takes about you know a half an hour to an hour to process enough to know if you can do it or not. Um, so
0: you need to get you in early. You
1: need to get in right away. So this if there is an acute neurologic change of any kind, the most classic would be weakness on one side. Some of it might be a visual change. Some of it might be just can't speak. Or some of it might be falling that, that's just happening now, weakness in one uh, leg. Uh, and so.
0: This graphic that I got showed fast, F-A-S-T for warning signs. Right. F is face drooping. A is arm weakness, S is speech difficulty, T is time to call nine one one. So if you have face drooping, arm weakness, speech difficulty, you don't have to have all three, but somewhere F A S T that might time get in. That might that's a nice that's a good
1: one. I like that, Joan. But I would say that it's any significant neurologic deficit. Uh, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't you, guess.
0: You, don't think it'll go away. If it is
1: a stroke and if it is settling in a clot that's that's forming, uh, then you can reverse the clotting process. Now, the first thing you have to prove is that it's not a bleeding process. Thank you. That it's not a bleeding process because if you give a clot buster to a person who's bleeding into their brain, it will make it worse. And you have to also understand that if you do this intervention, there's a risk that it will make it worse, even if everything is exactly right. Yeah, Bob. What about an aspirin? You know, we hear about that for heart attacks. For a stroke, is there any benefit to you know self-administration? Uh, well, yeah, but you know, what's the right dose? It, uh, some would say that it's somewhere between 81 milligrams, which is a baby aspirin, and one regular aspirin. Uh, I, I th- there's some argument, oh, I took two aspirin. I need it because I want double strength. The answer is you're losing your clot-busting effect as you go higher dose the question then is is that the right thing to do well it's the right thing to prevent a clotting process but and if you get one and suddenly you have a change like that take that aspirin uh does that and then we'll see what happens well then how long are you going to wait so my answer is don't take the aspirin get to the emergency room
0: 911 immediately or get to the emergency room if you're in brookings you can get there pretty darn quickly you know
1: i would say don't drive have your spouse drive you get there as fast as you can the time is starting now the timer has started and you have a you know you have a limited amount of time now you've got to make sure you know they there's a bunch of hoops you got to jump through before you can take the clot buster Make sure it's not a bleed. But if you get to the
0: hospital early enough, they can do those things. Can Can I ask, fortunately, I don't believe I've ever had a stroke, but if so, does it come on slowly? Or is it just all of a sudden your face starts drooping or all of a sudden your arm is weak? Do you know?
1: It can be a lot of different ways.
0: Oh, Uh, okay. So
1: the, the classic saltatory stroke, the word saltatory, meaning going down steps, is that there's a tiny loss and then, then there's another tiny lot, and then there's a little bit more, and then there's a little bit worse, and it just gradually deteriorates uh, over time. Um, that's one kind of uh, stroke. It, uh, it could be the worst headache in your life. Uh, it is another kind of a headache, or a, a stroke. stroke. Uh, uh, and you know, you, it, it could be a clot that's f- flipping from your carotid artery, or it could be, a and uh, like I said before, it could be a bleed. Uh, and so the treatment is not just clot-buster drug. And if
0: it's a bleed, you certainly don't want to use a clot-buster drug because you'll just cause more bleeding. Like, and or you certainly wouldn't want to be on aspirin, would you? No, so no. So that's what I'm So I that's say. the reason not to do
1: the aspirin. Just, I mean, yeah. I'm a person who believes in an aspirin a day. I have to say that at 50 or older, because of the heart and of the stroke risks, it's probably... Safe. On the other hand, there's a higher risk of bleeding with it, and some would say it's a come see come saw. I mean, it's a push. It's one side and the other, and it doesn't make any difference. The reason that I feel comfortable with the aspirin is primarily because of the push that I get from colon cancer prevention and polyp prevention. So, I think overall it's a balance. It's it's clearly and an, an, if you don't have a bleeding risk problem, uh, if you do have a clotting risk problem, and if you do have a, a, a uh, colon uh, polyp risk, then then it's a good idea to take the aspirin a day. But when you have that sudden loss of neurologic, that's another story. Don't take an aspirin. Get to the emergency room.
0: Sudden loss. Okay. On that note, we're going to take a sudden break. We did a, g- a call come in, and it's a, an, it's a condition I cannot pronounce. So after this break, I'll have Dr. Holm pronounce it, and we'll respond to this caller's question. Hi, welcome back to Bray Doc Radio. I'm happy to have you listening, and during the break, Dr. Holmes showed me how to pronounce this disease, or not disease, condition. It's myasthenia gravis. An 86-year-old man called in, and he said he has it. Could you discuss what myasthenia gravis is?
1: So uh, it is a progressive uh, weakness that can occur uh, it is a condition of the neurotransmitter from the nerve to the muscle. Uh, it is uh, an autoimmune-driven condition like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, it is uh, fairly well controlled by uh, new medications that we've been able to develop, and I've seen myasthenia gravis in four or five patients in my uh, clinic in the, throughout the years. Uh, There are other similar kind of conditions, but they're different in other ways, and they're not myasthenia gravis. So there's ways to, there's the Mestinon test, and there's ways to prove that it's myasthenia gravis versus these others. But the one thing that is, is it's a weakness that progresses. And one of the most characteristic uh, findings that gives you the diagnosis of myasthenia gravis uh, is that weakness that progresses as you exercise. Um, there's a lot of reasons for weakness, though. And so it's hard to know the, the answer there. And it's a tough diagnosis to make. So when you, when you get that diagnosis, you've, you've had to go through a number of specialists because you, I generally would t- say, I think you might have this. You probably need the Mestinon test or you need one of these tests. And in fact, we're in a certain level of how to diagnose this and how to treat this at this point in my life where I'm going to, have, I'm going to pick you up and place you delicately into the hands of the neurologist. And so that's that's what what, uh, what uh, I do with my And that more than myasthenia likely gravis.
0: happened with this gentleman. So a neurologist a diagnosed it, but you said the new meds. Were the meds... Uh, Turn off
1: the immune logically driven uh, progression of this okay. process. Now there's also... Uh, I had a dear friend who had a, a, a myasthenia gravis, and uh, uh, one of my patients, uh, and he'd, he also had a weak heart cardiomyopathy probably related and he lived quite a long time longer than we any of us expected but is now gone and it's, i just miss him uh i would say that there are other diseases though one disease that's associated with an internal malignancy is the opposite you there's this profound weakness but it gets better as you work on it it, it, it goes away as you push through it um, and there's just, a variety, it, you know, the body is a complex thing. And um, that diagnosis of myasthenia gravis is a very challenging one.
0: And once it's diagnosed, there are meds to help. So hopefully he's right. being comforted by the new meds, right? So yeah, and it looks like we have another question. Well, Thank we do, you. thanks, Aaron. Our next call is another one. Why do they come up with these Latin terms I can't pronounce? Yeah. What is it and what's its treatment? And we'll have Dr. Holm pronounce this one. Costochondritis. Of I course. just want it's to say, oh, yeah. of but, course. but myasthenia,
1: mya <laughs> yeah. meaning muscle, asthenia has to do with strength, uh, ah. and gravis is, and this is a big one. You know, we're sig- it's significant. It's 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 gravity. Gravity. Strong. It's, Strong.
0: It's you would never guess I had four years of Latin in school. Yeah, I look at these and I see them and I think, oh, who could pronounce them?
1: Costochondritis. Got it. Costo meaning it has to do with the cartilage that connects tissues, you know, bones, uh, and uh, and the and the bones themselves, and the chondro is another part of that cartilaginous connection, and itis meaning inflammation of the costochondritis. Now there are a variety of costochondritis, one of which is called Tietze syndrome, and uh, that's when it involves uh, the rib, as the rib connects to the sternum. Uh, And so uh, that connection of the the rib, costo, and the cartilage, chondro, uh, is inflamed, itis, um, then you have this kind of bump there, and it's very sore. And it's like a tennis elbow. It's inflamed, sore, hurts if you touch it, hurts there even if you're trying to move. And, um, but uh, many times the TTC syndrome just kind of goes away or you can inject it with a little steroid. Certain, it depends on which rib and which cartilage and where it is, uh, depending uh, would be where you treat the costochondritis. Uh But I think injections is one option. Or an anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen or uh, which is a leave. Uh, Or naproxen, which is, um, no, that's a leave. Ibuprofen, which is Advil.
0: Advil. Can I ask you, is the costal also an autoimmune or not?
1: Good question. I don't think they really know. It's probably, it could be. It might be a viral infection that settled into that Hmm. spot. Uh, It might be that you moved it or pushed it or hit it. Uh, and it's it's like osteoarthritis do we is that a, a um, inflam is that a autoimmune condition and some would say we don't know but it might be kind of sort of don't know
0: you know we keep hearing more and more about autoimmune conditions I know um, arthritis is autoimmune uh, MS is autoimmune what is autoimmune <laughs>
1: yeah auto if, yourself uh, gets your uh, you know auto is, you're automatic, but right. it's also it's you, you, right? Attacking your own self. The classic autoimmune story is, and, and it all came out of experience, uh, or, or it was the clinical picture that, that brought them to realize what happened, is that when you get a strep infection, that sometimes triggers your body to say, well, I mean, it, it always triggers your body to attack strep infection, certainly. But somewhere along the line, some people interpret their own heart valve as the strep. Now, I mean, so I'm I'm attacking all of the strep infections to try to help my body uh, uh, resist this infection because it's gonna it's gonna overwhelm the body if you don't fight it. But oh, here's some strep and it starts attacking the valves. And and it was a mistake. It's not hey, I'm a heart valve. I'm not strep infection. And um, the the warriors that are fighting the and causing the valve to be all inflamed. Don't don't hear that message. They just keep attacking the valve. So and that's so kind of how they discovered they have the autoimmune process. you have rheumatic heart disease as a result and you destroy the mitral valve in particular, sometimes the aortic valve uh and while you're while you think you're killing the strep infection that's the first one uh there's a lot of other autoimmune you know if you look at uh rheumatoid arthritis rheumatoid meaning oid meaning it's like so when you hear the word oid it, it means it's like so rheumatoid was named after it's sort of like rheumatic heart disease which can have a joint involvement, too, because you attack your joints at the same time as you're attacking your heart valve. Rheumatoid arthritis is like rheumatic heart disease in a sense, and your Im- autoimmune system is attacking the, uh, the joints.
0: Is it an, uh, something you inherit, a condition towards autoimmune diseases? Can that be inherited?
1: Uh, there's probably an inher- a s- slight increase in families. Yes, there's probably an inheritance capacity, but it's not big time. If you, ha- if you have rheumatoid arthritis, or if you have uh, lupus, or if you have one of the autoimmune diseases, your kids are not certain to get it. They might have a s- slight increased risk. Um, so it is... Uh, we're learning about it. We're learning about it. <laughs> right. It is not necessarily inherited.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to take our final break. We appreciate you but We'll listening. talk about you the have...
1: hygiene theory when we get back. When
0: we get back. Hi, welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Dr. Holm is here responding to our listeners' calls. We appreciate the calls and the questions coming in. And Dr. Holm said just before the break, let's talk about the hygiene theory of autoimmune. And I'm not right. sure what you mean by that. Right.
1: I, but once I start talking about it, you're going to go, oh, I remember you telling me this before.
0: Of course you told me about it before. Okay
1: so allergies is sort of like autoimmune diseases it's your um, a body kind of attacking yourself uh, when you're uh, exposed to you know the the to something some <laughs> kind causes of dust the allergy. in the air right. of some kind and you get an allergic reaction or if you get a bee sting you have a huge auto reaction to a, an allergen of some kind um, there it's really interesting that they've noticed in the years since we've learned how to be cleaner and not exposed to all of this dirt and re- realize that it infections are are to be avoided by cleanliness that infectious illnesses that have killed a lot of people have gone on a downward cl- decline at the same time in the same direction or in the same uh, speed of change but this is an upward incline has been the Im- autoimmune diseases.
0: So the cleaner we are, the more likely we get an autoimmune, autoimmune disease? disease? It's terrible.
1: That we lose <laughs> the risk of infection, but we gain the risk of autoimmune diseases.
0: You know, I don't remember you talking about that before. You no. don't. I gotta tell you that. It just doesn't ring a bell. Uh,
1: you know, it's, uh, there, there is something about cleanliness that has brought on problems, even though it has decreased the biggest bugaboo for humanity, and that was infections. Well,
0: uh, you've talked about that before—that we may be overdoing the hygiene. I but I didn't realize that as we decrease the number of inf- infections because people are cleaner than right. they were before, they're not we living are in squalor increasing and increasing the in- cause of autoimmune. That's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And allergies. Wow, wasn't now, aware of that. Here's, here's a
1: great example: uh, uh, cr- a person uh, who had had Crohn's disease. Uh, and there's been a lot of debate about, you know, the reason that we have these inf- the Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune disease, against your small intestine. Well, actually, it's against all GI tract issues. So from the lips to the anus, Crohn's disease can attack and cause these severe ulcers and rot- lots of problems there. We really don't know. it. You turn it off using uh, anti-autoimmune disease medicines, right? There Amazing. it is. Amazing. Um, and same s- similar medicines that you would use for rheumatoid arthritis now the biologics okay so I mean there are other meds to use too but uh, that's one of the newer meds that we're using right so this guy who had this Crohn's disease all of his life he said it's because we don't aren't exposed to the worms and the and the um, uh, those kinds of infections and infestations. Uh, and so uh, the theory—he—he he decided to act on these theories that people were talking about the worms and so on and so forth. And he so he wanted to get the worms, and so he, this is in the New England Journal of Medicine. They, they they just described the story, or it was in JAMA, one or the other. Okay, that they he went to India, found uh, where all these whipworms are. These kinds of worms that are—you walk on the on the, the cow dung and all of the. Uh, where the pigsty is, and you get these worms burrowing into your feet, and then they put it, their eggs get in your bloodstream, and then it, your body gets infested with these kinds of worm th- conditions. And they're relatively benign, but they're something that we all lived with when we were, you know, alive ten thousand years ago in our ancestors, and and so that was a normal condition at the time when we lost it. Uh, then we've developed uh, some of these problems like eosinophilia and and. Um,
0: Does he and so want us to all get infested with worms So the guy's again?
1: Crohn's disease went away. Because. Because of the worm infestation he that he, he had.
0: He really got himself infested. He got better. With worms.
1: Than he got wow. infested with worms, and then there was some de- whole lot of debate, and then people were talking. Well, you've got to you've got to do it safely, and we don't know which worms it is, and I mean, you know. It, and the answer's not there. Nobody's giving anybody worms as okay. a treatment right now. I'm just telling you that this guy did this. And in five years, his Crohn's disease started coming back, and he went back to India and then got it again. I mean, And it infested with worms yeah, again. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just is, telling you. That's it's amazing. a story that's in the medical literature, and it talks about the uh, hygiene theory.
0: Well, we'll have to figure out how to get the benefits of these worms without getting the worms. That would be what That's I would yeah. hope they could come up with. Hey, we only have a few minutes left. Right. We do know there was an election last night. Trump will be our next president. <coughs>
1: I have predictions about health care. How are fun. we
0: going how, what's going to happen with the Affordable Care Act? Uh, I,
1: they will not take away the access that has been provided. The access was the most important thing, people had access to health care. Um, if unless they totally dump the insurance industry, which they won't because the Republic that, that's a, that private enterprise, I think the Republicans would support it. So what they'll do is go after cost, which I think is very important. And they'll attack the pharma industry, which if you have a lot of money in pharma right now, I'd switch it because they're gonna get it. They're, the money's gonna go away from the, all of the profit touring that the pharmaceutical industry has been getting. That may not be all good, but it, but much of it should be should occur. Um, and uh, so I don't. If there's a if you get a common health plan, you know, as, uh, if if uh, if they find a way to reduce costs by uh, and and get everybody insured, because if you're going to do this insurance thing, everybody should be insured. I and I'm if you've got enough power in Congress and presidency, everybody's Republican.
0: When you Trump can said get he's going to get rid of it in the first hundred days, he meant it.
1: Yeah, well, so they it's won't. gone.
0: It's gone. They won't. You don't think that'll well,
1: happen? Well, uh, what are they going to replace it with? Uh, he, he talked about keeping insurance industry so it can go across states. So is he going to? Is he? And so everybody can have it. I mean, he's not going to take away. Insurance industry is what I'm thinking, and what they'll do is they'll revise it. They've been blocking every effort that the Democrats have been doing to try to revise it to make it work better. Now they're going to be able to get it done. So I'm, I'm,
0: you, I'm optimistic. Huh? Yeah, hopeful. Well, I, good for you. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> hey, not we not that hopeful. You know what? I, I just I would, think he's going to do what he said he was going to do. We,
1: we have a new president. We do. And so we will let our leaders January. lead. Let them get their do their thing and if they are not good then we'll get the the bad guys out. out.
0: Well it'll be interesting because Affordable Care Act I think will be the first thing that he acts upon and it'll be very interesting to see what occurs. You're hopeful and I'm going to stay with you on hopefulness.
1: You can't take away access to health care. You don't think so? People
0: need need to have access. I know that but they didn't have it for years. They
1: didn't because of the insurance industry, the way the industry was was formed because the only way an insurance industry can stay alive would be to dump the sick people. Well, that can't occur anymore, and everybody knows that. So, if they get rid of the in- insurance industry and make it a single-payer system, well, I'll be amazed because that's not the Republican. That's not planet. what Trump's going to do. No,
0: no. Okay. Well, we don't have the answers. <laughs> Who does? But uh, we we know the result of the election, and we'll move on from there. We we'll
1: move on. Hey, there's our president.
0: He is. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. As always, you can hear and see more from Dr. Holm online at prairiedoc.org. Thanks, Rick, for being with us. That's all till next week.
1: Thank you, Joan. Thank you, Bob. And stay healthy out there. People.